Welcome to our weekly scripture reflection. I wanted to look at Jeremiah with you. As I was reading through Jeremiah, something stood out to me, which always amazes me. And that is how much the New Testament reflects the Old Testament. Now, I don't know why this amazes me, because it should be sort of like, uh, yeah, no, duh. Uh, Of course it does. The New Testament is building on the Old Testament, and all the authors of the New Testament were greatly familiar with the Old Testament, and ultimately, the author of both is God. But I don't mean just that. What I mean is the specifics and the details used in parables or in examples come from the Old Testament in a way that should make us realize how we need to be grounded in the Old Testament. So let me give an example, which brings us to Jeremiah 18. Many times in the discussion between Calvinists and Arminians, the Calvinists will go to Romans and among other passages, we'll pick out the passage about doesn't God as the potter have the right to make some vessels for glory and some vessels for wrath? Well, that same uh, illustration is used in Jeremiah chapter 18, starting in verse 5. Here is God speaking. And it says in verse 5, Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter, saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in mine hand, O house of Israel. At what instant I speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck up and to pull down and to destroy it? If that nation against whom I have pronounced turn from their evil, I will repent of the evil that I thought to do unto them. And at what instance I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to build up and to plant it, if it do evil in my sight, that it obey not my voice, then I will repent of the good wherewith I said I would benefit them. So God here uses this same image that Paul in Romans later also uses about, and of course, Paul being being inspired by God, uh, but, but my point is that Paul, presumably, of course, knew the book of Jeremiah very well and knew about this illustration being used. And sometimes as Christians, we may limit ourselves to the New Testament in a way, maybe thinking that it's, it's superior or it's more clear or it's closer to us or it more clearly speaks about our redemption than does the Old Testament. And because of that, we may miss the deep connections between them and the shared ideas between them. And this is an illustration being used to speak about the sovereignty of God in providence, not merely in creation, both creation and providence. God creates and he rules. And just like a potter can can form the clay into whatever sort of vessel he wants, so too isn't God sovereign. And God is doing this for the revelation of his glory. And so any kind of complaint like, well, why is God doing it that way? Well, this is how God chose to do it, to reveal his glory. And how can the pot or the vessel say to the the maker, you're doing it wrong. You're you're not really working to reveal your glory the way you should. Well, of course, that would be absurd. And so you, you understand the illustration. And here this is happening in Jeremiah's day, really at the low point of... Uh, the people of Israel might say, well, Egypt was worse, of course, but 
here they've been brought out of Egypt. They've been established. Their kingdom's been divided. They've been slowly chiseled away. And now Babylon's actually conquering Jerusalem and going to destroy the temple. And God is affirming that he is sovereign and that his rule specifically has to do with good and evil, sin and wickedness. And that's different from many of the other kinds of uh, gods you'll encounter where the concern is if you've pleased them and you've done a ritual correctly or you've honored them correctly versus, no, you've sinned, you violated the law of God by which humans are to live and pursue what is good, and you violated that. And if you were, uh, if you're faithful, God will establish your path. And if you're unfaithful, God will remove you. All of that coming back to the illustration of the potter. And so we have that truth, whether it's at the national level, ruling over the nations or at the individual level, ruling over our own lives and God calling us to repentance or leaving some. Uh, at the end of the day, what's interesting, finishing up here with, with the uh, uh, point Paul is making, uh, the vessels of wrath, if you were to ask them, hey, why don't you repent? And become a vessel of glory. They would say, not interested. Don't want to be. Now, I don't like the consequences of being a vessel of wrath. God should let me be wicked and not have any consequences. But I definitely don't want to repent and seek the Lord. So in their way, they're getting what they want and have no room for complaint. And so someone will say, well, uh, you, you could say to the person, then, on what basis are you complaining? You, you rejected God, and you're not being forced to pursue God. You're being left to yourself. There's nothing to complain about. Now, all that back to Jeremiah 18. God uh, tells Jeremiah, go down to the potter's house, verse 2, and I will cause thee to hear my words. And he goes down, he observes the man, and then this illustration is used. And I'm pointing your attention to that, but also pointing your attention to becoming familiar with the Old Testament so that the meaning of the New Testament is even more deep for you as you go through that. Thanks for joining me.